0: and As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and in godly things.
1: If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh oh.
0: Erin Addison's
1: on American Family Radio. Thank you so much for joining us for the hour. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sweet Victory and Macron Tap to help us navigate the show today. I want to continue to drill down on something we were talking about a couple of days ago we we're talking about after the kids uh i want to go just a little bit deeper in this conversation and i i want to i want to press in ways that i i try not to um you know just be too heavy handed i know that i kind of by by my design i guess is i i would say that i am pretty passionate about what i am you know <laughs> talking about yeah and so that that, that t- okay thank you so much and um <laughs> that tends to come out and i i try to be aware of that because sometimes um if you are just you know too heavy in your response mm-hmm. then you can lose people you know what i mean like people right. kind of like they we have to kind of um, allow for people to be able to process what they're hearing and hopefully if if what i'm presenting is of biblical conviction um hopefully come over to the side of biblical conviction right and so i try to be careful but then sometimes i i walk away from a show um thinking man you know the opposition and when i talk about the opposition i'm, I'm talking about the them right we already discussed and defined our us and the them we're talking about those who are a part of god's kingdom and those who are uh not right because <laughs> right. there's only two <laughs> there's only yeah. two groups um but the opposition are so intense and and they push and push and push and they don't care um that they might in their pushing uh accidentally mischaracterize you or make false accusations you know and i think we as christians we do we have to care about that right because we're not we don't play by the same rules we so we do have to show a certain level of care but i think sometimes in our um care Mm -hmm. we have convinced ourselves to say less you know what I mean? Because we're like, well, I don't want to, you you want to err so much on the side of caution that you just end up not saying anything. And and let me get to the bottom line of what I, I want to talk about today. What I want to see shift in the Christian community is a sort of patty cake approach to this whole um, non-binary, uh, transgender, ideological bent that, is increasing in our culture. Although I would say what we do see happening here, thankfully is that there are a lot of people whose eyes are opening. I, I think that the damage that has been done to children. And again, and we did a program on this already that when you see the regret happening in real time, like it's not, you're not getting decades after the fact and then you're hearing the regret. No, you're getting like three years out, you're getting five years out. And you've got these teenagers who are saying, I mutilated my body, and I've got a tremendous amount of regret and sorrow i am I am angry at everyone involved. I think that says a lot about um just how destructive we have been of the children that have been entrusted to us yeah. and so so here's what i'm here's the point that I'm making rather than as Christians trying to find these uh kind ways to you know tell parents who are confused about what being supportive means okay rather than trying to find kind ways to instruct them i think we need to rest in excuse me the reality that to uh quote unquote using their words to transition a child uh, either socially or through chemical transition uh, hormone replacement you know all of these things uh, medical transition Mm -hmm. cutting off healthy body parts um, and the like all of these things Rather than us saying, you know, well, we just really don't know if that's healthy for the kid in the long run. Like we just don't. As a Christian, I I really believe that every believer needs to identify this publicly as child abuse without mincing words. Mm. We need to say that is child abuse. And let me tell you what that does. That begins to change the level of comfort that people have in abusing children like this and expecting to be celebrated. Now, I know people are like, well, that's really harsh because these kids really believe that they are. OK, but if they really believe they were a dinosaur,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like, would you would you take them down <laughs> to like the Smithsonian? Like if they really be... like, you know, and 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 your kid comes to you and your kid is endeavoring to live a reality from right. his or her mind. Right. There are just certain lines that you would draw and you would say, well, no, you're really not. But we have been so conditioned in our culture. Oh. And by the way, I'm gonna go back to the After the Ball book. I'm gonna mm. read um several excerpts from the book because I think you need you need to hear it and, and I you must hear it. Because we are well not not we. <laughs> I'm not a victim of after the ball. All right. And I don't want you to be a victim of after the right, ball. Right. But the reality is there's so many Christians who are victims of After the Ball. You have been a victim of a successful nineties campaign right, that is still going on because it worked, because it was so successful and you don't even know it. One of the ways to push back on that, to not be victimized by this 90s campaign, all right, to not be victimized by this anymore is to tell the truth without apology. We've been saying that for a long time. In context, what I'm saying is that as you see the rise, and we talked about this earlier in the week, you see the rise of kids identifying as non-binary you see the rise of parents coming out and saying, "Well, I want to celebrate my kid and I want to stand with my kid." You need to automatically see that as child abuse. And you need to identify it as such.
0: And you, but you, do you know that what that will do? You a a person and a parent and a Christian who is willing to do that and we all need to be willing to do that mm-hmm. is willing also not to love our lives. Because That's right. when you yes. say what the Bible says about things, when you tell the truth, mm-hmm. You will be ostracized and even persecuted and seen as a hater. So I don't true. know if people are ready to be in that category mm. yet. I think yeah. that's one, some of the reasons why, you know, there's such a, a timidity in telling yep. the truth. Yep. Because knowing that we, if we tell the truth and what it really is, mm-hmm. man, there's going to be repercussions, you yeah. know. And I don't know yeah. if we have to be ready for that.
1: Sadly, I think you're right, and, and I think we have to make ourselves ready. Yeah. And I think the way that we make ourselves ready is in those small sort of like no one knows that you're doing it. You've got to take a stand, right? You've mm-hmm. you you you've got to position yourself on the Lord's side. Um, and and I, I think that as you do that in those smaller moments, it prepares you for— um, you know, the heat that is turned up in the crucible of the of the culture. I mean, mm-hmm. that's we really are in like this. It's a crucible. And I think we're not ready because we haven't had to be ready. But I think when you when you start to tell the truth, mm-hmm. um, for lack of a better word, unprovoked, meaning that that's just your default, like nobody's, you know, like you just tell the truth. Mm-hmm. It 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 readies you uh, for the question then right it it readies you for when 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 you do get pressed in on mm. and here's the thing guys we all understand this that um public sentiment really does kind of like spread you know it grows it it kind of is like a little blaze it'll it'll catch fire and then all of a sudden it's like well everybody now feels this way and 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 you usually st- still have the holdouts you'll have the one or two people who are like well but i don't feel that way and what? And how does the culture respond to that? Yeah, but we outnumber you. <laughs> There's more of us than there are of you. And so then eventually what happens is the people who resist, um, because they are few in number, they just get quiet. Mm. They just eventually stop talking. Here is what I'm saying. Though we are few in number as biblical followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, meaning we are following according to the dictates of Scripture. This is what it is to have a biblical worldview. For those of us, we are the minority in this culture. I know, I know. My brother called and he's like, I don't want to, I don't know. We're not the minority. Okay. (laughs) Please understand, all of the statistics say that we are, okay? All of the reports, all of the information, all the data out there say that we are. Those of us who have a biblical worldview are like little to non-existent, okay? Like 6% of the population. So we we could say that we're more. And it might make us feel better, and that's okay. But the reality is that we are a minority. Those of us who are refusing to bend the knee to bail. Well, it's like called we, a,
0: a remnant. That's how we it's understand remnant. the remnant. It's a remnant. You you remnant. Know, it's not like the, the masses of the people who profess. Exactly. But they're within those masses of the remnant who yeah. are really, you know, true to God. So yeah. I think that's what's meant by minority It's the remnant.
1: I know it. And, and, and man, and, and maybe that makes people feel better if we say remnant. So we're part of a remnant. <laughs> it sounds more biblical. You know, maybe people like that. You're a part of a remnant. But I think you have to know it. And, and and the reason I'm I'm coming back to that is because I don't want faithful followers of the Lord Jesus Christ to be surprised by being outnumbered. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like so many of us, we're kind of caught off guard. You're standing, you know, maybe in the foyer of your church and talking about a current event or something like that as you wait for the service to start. And and then someone's like, you know, disagrees with you mm-hmm. and you're shocked. You're like, wait, I thought we all like, didn't we all think that that was wrong? <laughs> and, and, and all of a sudden, you're, no, what I'm telling you is that if you are a Bible-believing Christian and you're endeavoring to live according to God's prescription, you you are outnumbered in this culture. Mm. Why is that important? Because you gotta you gotta navigate it as such, which means you're gonna have to like toughen up your spine. Like you're 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 going to have to expect that if you agree with the Bible, people disagree with That's you. Right. you. That's right. You just have to expect that. And and, right. and the sooner we get to the place where we expect that, it's not gonna shock us, right? Yeah. Because we waste so much time being in like the shock chamber. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, you know, we just got a fish for Sam Witt and we had to float the fish <laughs> yeah. so that we wouldn't shock the fish. So we take time getting yeah. the fish like acclimated, like he's in his little and then put him in the water, and then all and and all of that takes time. And we as Christians, we mm. spend so much time out there kind of like floating in the cult trying to get ready because we mm. don't want to be like, but look, what I'm telling you is that just prepare to be shocked. You you are the remnant. You're if you're a Bible-believing Christian, mm-hmm. you are the minority in this culture. The sooner you get used to that, the sooner you can read rebound from that mm. and then continue
0: on. You know, let me just say this. We we had a Bible study where we're studying the book of Acts and in Acts chapter 4, I think one of the things that's key for the Christian in being able to in those showing up moments be to be ready yeah. is that when we're not in those moments, we have to be walking with God. We have that's to be right. have a consistent walk with God. And so in in Acts chapter 4, you know, it was after uh Peter and John uh they were used to to heal The the beggar, you know, Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so they had all these high priests and officials, the Sadducees that were Mm -hmm. questioning them, you know, like and threatening them, really, because they were talking about the resurrection from the from the dead, you know, that Jesus was resurrected. Yeah. And and these men were threatening them. So this is Peter and John, and they are in a a position now to where their lives are on the line. Right. But the Bible said, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said. So that tells you it wasn't just him building up this boldness or building up, but it was him being filled with the Holy Spirit. Then he said, and then he told them, look, it's you guys who killed him. You know, (laughs) you guys, the builders, you, Mm -hmm. you know, he's the stone that was rejected by you, the builders. Mm -hmm. Now he's become the chief cornerstone. So to be able to tell the truth in that moment, you know, they have to have a, a, we have to have a consistent walk with the Lord, you know, so that when we get in into those hot spots where, where truth is needed, that mm-hmm. we have the boldness to even do it. Amen. You know? and if, if we're not consistently walking with the Lord, when we get into those areas, we're going to back down. We're going to yeah. go, oh, man, I don't know. Yeah. But if we're walking in a way, you know, that's consistently walking with the Lord, man, Jesus promised when you get, in, get into those areas, don't, you don't have to worry about what you're going to say. Amen. At that moment, the Holy Spirit, and that's exactly what happened to Peter. That's right. You know, and so I think that's key in what we're talking about and being bold and being able to tell the truth. You know, we can't do that if we're not consistent in our walks with God.
1: Man, and to your point, being consistent in our walk with the Lord m- makes it no longer an option to back down. Mm. Like, you know, right. I, Peter and John, they're like, you decide for yourself whether it's right for us to obey right. you or God. But we cannot help talking <laughs> about what we have seen and heard. And and I think when when you are that convinced you don't have an option. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. it's not even you you don't there's not a there's not a door number 2. Right. There's only door number 1. Right where I have to tell the truth. I have to agree with the Lord. I know that this is truth. Mm -hmm. I'm not working myself up to believe this. This is absolute truth. And I think walking with the Lord, as you're strongly suggesting here, gets us to the place where that's the only option. That's our only recourse just to tell the truth. Amen. All right. We'll grab the break and we'll talk about why Dwayne Wade and his ex-wife are in the news and how it relates to our conversation. That in just a little bit. Aaron, the Addison's American Family Radio. Stay right there.
3: Erin the Addisons, promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment on American Family Radio.
1: Welcome back to Erin the Addisons on American Family Radio. After the kids, they are after the kids. They came, <laughs> came for the parents and succeeded, and now after the kids, uh, because dealing with um, immature opposition is easier than mature opposition, although mm. um, the fight in the 90s seemed to be be won without much fighting like it 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 seemed that america truly was won over um without without a, a whole lot of hoopla and uh but that's because that's because there was a playbook that was literally written people mocked the Christians, they mock the conservatives who say, oh, this is all a part of the playbook. And then they say things like, where is this playbook? We haven't seen this playbook.
0: <laughs> um,
1: Yeah, it's called After the Ball. It is right. literally the playbook. It is literally the step-by-step. This is how we are going to shift sentiment in the United States of America. We're going to do it in the 90s. I mean, it is a step-by-step <laughs> plan of execution. They
0: know the playbooks out the- there. They sound like Kimberly Crenshaw with this. Oh, we don't, that's no oh, CRT. Don't you- don't don't get me started on kimberly in elementary schools and she goes she goes
1: if if crt why are you doing this to me but she goes if crt were being taught in schools i would know i mean i literally wrote the book on critical race theory so if it were being taught in schools i would know it girl stop you know it's being taught that's the best too
0: just deny it's not out there you're not seeing what you see you know that's that's, exactly right
1: pretend that it doesn't exist yeah So so here we go. We are looking at the plan being executed beautifully. And what I am telling Christians now is that instead of always being caught, kind of pushed back on your heels here, you've got to get accustomed to telling the truth. So anybody who would, quote unquote, transition a kid, anyone who would encourage this uh, non-binary identification or anything of the sort, encouraging homosexuality, encouraging cross-dressing, encouraging this confusion, this is child abuse. And Christians need to say this increasingly. This is child abuse. You don't need to, you know, tap, 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 pat your friend on the shoulder who is saying, I encourage my daughter to identify as my son because I want to be loving and accepting. Christian, you need to say that is child abuse. You are a willing participant to your child's destruction. Now that might cost you a friend, but at least you walk away with your dignity. At least you walk away with your integrity. And that's gotta be something that's important to the Christian. That's gotta be something that we hold on to, that we are standing on God's truth. Remember, we live in a society where people routinely, even among Christians, routinely say things like his truth and her truth and, and living your truth. And and this is so deceptive, right? Even Christians start to adopt this. Uh, there is just truth. Mm. There, There is just truth. If it's something that you possess, if it's yours, that's called an opinion. You right. understand what I'm saying? Right. Like, facts are facts. Like, you— it, Anyway, all right, so Dwayne Wade, and, and I'll use this sort of as a as a springboard. This is a current event here. Dwayne Wade is responding to his ex-wife, Siobhan Funchess Wade, because his wife is speaking out over the fact that Dwayne Wade is publicly profiting off of the child abuse that is transitioning his son, who was born... Now, listen, I... I don't know what kind of goals and dreams you have for your son when you name him Zion Malachi <laughs> Aramis. I don't I don't know like what. But that is the boy's given name. Zion Malachi Aramis oh, Wade.
0: Biblical to me.
1: Okay. It, to <laughs> me, it it sounds like you really had some type of hope or expectation Thanks. for that child. Okay. For that boy for that male son, and Dwayne Wade and his current wife, Gabrielle Union, are profiting off of the transition, if you will, okay, of this boy, now calling him Zaya. (laughs) The mother, the birth mother, the biological mother, the first wife, is saying, this must stop. Dwayne Wade filed to legally change the little boy's name from Zion to Zaya. The birth mother got involved and said, no, stop. No one asked me if you could do this. Wait until he is 18 years old. He is 15 years old. Wait, stop. You do not have my permission to do this. Mm -hmm. But the birth mother, the first wife, didn't stop there. She said, not only do you not have my permission to do this, but I'm concerned that you are pushing our son in this direction because you stand to profit from this. Mm -hmm. Guys, remember what we have talked about, right? Like this is big money. You know, uh, who is it? Matt Walsh, who exposed all of the gender affirming clinics who are acknowledging that, oh, this is a cash cow cow like if you if you can get people coming in for gender transition surgeries and all of these things just think you you have got money for their lifetime <laughs> okay so these people who care deeply about others you know really it's it's about money okay and the same thing with Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union as now is the accusation by his ex-wife Siobhan Funchess Wade who is saying no don't do this to our son You don't have my permission to do this. Wait until he is 18 years old. Well, Dwayne Wade is all kinds of upset. And he's saying that he's not going to stand for this. The wife, he's saying the ex-wife is absent. She's not involved. But it seems like she's pretty involved to me because I was reading a couple of different articles here and then comparing them to what she alleges. And I'm thinking, my goodness, if you just look at what's out there. You don't have to make a quantum leap to kind of see where she's coming from. Mm. So here is a story: Dwayne Wade filed a petition with the court um, on August the twenty second for his fifteen year old son Zion to officially be recognized with the new name Zaya. for that to be changed on the little boy's birth certificate. And by the way, we don't do pronoun hospitality around here, <laughs> right,
0: right?
1: We don't. So I'm not. This is a boy. <laughs> there. This. This is. A boy.
0: It takes a little work when you read these articles. There, you gotta all constantly edit them. Yeah, I mean it's complete, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Siobhan, the ex-wife, filed for a formal objection, claiming that her ex-husband is attempting to exploit their child for money. Now, look, this. See this. This is where I'm saying that for those of us who are reading the information, for those of us who are paying attention to what's going on. This is the kind of stuff that we need to know, because when we say that this is child abuse, we also need to be able to add to the conversation. And they're making money off the abuse of these children. Mm. They're making money off of the abuse of these children. Back to this article. Siobhan argued in the filing that the custody agreement that she reached with her ex-husband said that they were not going to do anything without the other's approval. And I don't know how and and even when I read this i I was like, you know how far back did you guys have to arrive I don't know if that's just natural to a custody settlement i don't I don't know, but according to this article that neither one of them, neither she nor dwayne wade uh could make the decision to legally change their child's gender or name without the other one's consent now I don't know if that's standard custody settlement type <laughs> stuff i I'm not yeah. aware of I that. Know. I, know. I find that interesting in this article. Anyway, the <laughs> ex-wife goes on that she was not contacted about this. Now guys, I'm going to tell you why this is important to our conversation. Because Dwayne Wade and his son Zion, as he is prancing him out and calling him Zaya, have served as sort of like these spokespersons, if you will, for gender nonconformity. And what the wife alleges seems to be quite real in that she's saying she was called to Dwayne Wade's home and told that what he was doing with their son was going to make the son famous. (laughs) Man. Was going to make the son lots of money. That the son was going to have endorsements and the son was going to be able to promote and all of these things... And that some of these things were already in the works. Now, this is according to the wife. Guys, now, why is this important? I want you to think about this. Because when we see that the son, at 15 years old, is featured in like a Tiffany's ad, Hmm. okay, that's, that's an endorsement, right? Yeah. And I'm sure he didn't do that for free. Right. Right? When you see the son... Who is also lighting up his Instagram page with the current wife, actress Gabrielle Union, and they're promoting Prada Mm. with purses and pantsuits and things. like. And according to this article, the son himself told the mom that Disney was looking at him. Mm. Disney was (laughs) looking at him potentially. (laughs) So. Here's what, here's what happens in our current culture. The former Mrs. Wade is now locking horns with the current Mrs. Wade because the current Mrs. Wade is all about pushing this celebrity life, creating this celebrity world that they want to live in.
0: We don't even go by Wade, anyway.
1: And Right. <laughs> My <laughs> wife, Gabrielle Union. But here you have this woman's son who is obviously confused. Remember, guys, this is child abuse. This is child abuse. He is obviously confused, but he's got parents who are supposed to be charged with his care now profiting off of him. And can I tell you that for these celebrities and, and guys, we all know how this works. We all we all understand how this works. You know, for these celebrities, they find an echo chamber. They find um, they, they find their community, their glitter families. And so even if there were not dollars exchanged, you understand. And I hate to say this, but guys, look, this is what we are navigating. It increases their stock to have a son who identifies as a part of this community. I'm going to play for you a clip here. And this is a couple years ago when Dwayne Wade was on the, you know, making all the press rounds and doing all the interviews, talking about his son, his son. And now being a part of this community to get the accolades and to get the applause, even if you don't get the financial gain, that's enough for some of these people. This is clip one.
3: First of all, I just I think it's what every you know, every parent should be is what you're being right now, which is unconditionally loving your child and supporting you. your child in you. whoever they are. Thank I mean you. That's there are so many parents that are just, oh, you're not going the way I imagined, or wanted you to be, and freak out. And you're so loving and supportive of Ziya. And, and what a special child she is. Yes,
4: she is. She is. Thank you so much for that. Um, first of all, me and my wife, my wife Gabrielle Union, um, we, are, we are proud. When I say proud, we are proud parents um, of a child in the LGBTQ plus community. And we're proud allies as well. Um, and we, we take our, our roles and our responsibility as parents very seriously. Um, so when, I, when our child comes home with a question, when our child comes home with an issue, when our child comes home with anything, it's our job as parents to listen to that, to give them the best information that we can, the best feedback that we can. Um, and that doesn't change because sexuality is now involved in it. So once Zaya, our 12 year old, came home, um, and first Zion, everybody, I don't know if everyone knows, originally named Zion, Zion born. Um, as a boy, came home and said, hey, uh, so I want to talk to you guys. Um, You know, I think going forward, I'm ready to live my truth. And I want to be referenced as she and her. Uh, I would love for you guys to call me Zaya. And so internally, now is our job to, one, go out and get information, to reach out to every relationship that we have. My wife reached out to everybody on the the, uh, cast of Pose. Um, we're just trying to figure out as much information as we can to make sure that we give our child the best opportunity to be, you know, her best self.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would think that it's one thing. <laughs> that's, and that's the aim, by the way. That's the, the aim is the applause. Right. The, the aim is to be celebrated for the child abuse. The, the aim is to be seen as good, and the aim is to be seen as virtuous. For the abuse of the child, do you understand? Do you do you understand all of the um, critical theory language that is being used there? Do you understand? Can you can you hear all of the virtue signaling that is coming from Dwayne Wade? Mm-hmm. We we are allies, right? We we come in peace, right? And and we want to set our kid up. Our our job is to listen. This is all critical language. This is critical theory language. We need to listen. Before we speak, we, we got to listen. We got to learn. We, we are so proud to be members of this community and allies. But did I mention that we're allies? Did I mention <laughs> everybody that we're why? Because we understand that if we can signal that we're good, we increase our stock. We increase our social credit standing. But what do we as Christians? So, so and, and by the way, why is, this, why is this celebrated across all media outlets? So so why is this on network television or was it on network television when this became a big deal a couple years ago? Why is it across all social media, the Instagrams and the Twitter and the YouTubes and all of this, why, why is it being endorsed by different brands? Like why is it, why is the reality there that this little boy will stand to make a lot of money over this confusion And over this public abuse. Why? Because that's a part of the playbook Mm -hmm. there. There is already the agreed upon narrative and already the agreed upon execution. And what is that agreed upon execution that you keep talking about it? You got to you got to keep talking about it and you keep talk, keep it in front of Mm -hmm. people. This is directly from the playbook so that so that it becomes normal in people's eyes. From the book, After the Ball, page 177. The third principle in our recipe for desensitizing the ambivalent skeptics, that is, for helping straights view homosexuality with neutrality rather than keen hostility. At least at the outset, we seek desensitization and nothing more. Mm. You can forget about trying right up front to persuade folks that homosexuality is a good thing, but if you can get them to think it's just another thing, meriting no more than a shrug of the shoulders, then your battle for legal and social rights is virtually won. Mm. You don't have to convince people that it's a good thing. It just needs to be another thing. It's just another type of gender expression. It's just another way to be. Guys, this is child abuse and we've got to tell the truth about it. We'll take the break and we'll be right back
0: trying to turn your little boy into a princess, and they ain't even gave him a chance to be a prince yet. They sick of gender telling you to let him clip his member. He can't even pick his bedtime, but he could pick his gender. Uh, they say that I ain't woke. I say they ignorant. They ignorant. see I welcome back to Aaron the Addison's the
1: on American Family Radio. I'm Miki.
0: And I'm Will and as Bizzle with popping
1: After the kids. Mm-hmm. After the kids how a 90s campaign worked on us and is now working on or against our kids, working against them. And it's happening in real time. It's happening right before our eyes. We don't have the luxury of being silent. We don't have the the luxury of, you know, this uh, care, really an excuse to just ignore it, masquerading as care. I'm going to say it that way, because where care is genuine, then let there be care where it's genuine. But if it's just an excuse for you to say, well, I don't really want to deal with that. We got to be careful about what we say. Then, no, we have no space for that. No space. (laughs) Everybody wants space today. no space for that. You got to tell the truth because it's abusive of children. What we are watching right now, and and you've got got the young people standing up, like, Mm. almost in some ways, and maybe Mm -hmm. not literally, you know, because literal actually has a meaning. But kids are, like, waving the receipts and saying, this is what you did to me. This is what you did to me. People that I trusted who are supposed to be older than me. Like, you know, the, the saying that we talk, where are the adults in the room? Where are the adults? And it's like now that doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter because the thing that we expect the adults to do, they're not doing. Why? Because adults have been victims of a campaign that they have inherited. It's It's been passed down. The way we talk about things, the way we smile about things, the way we whisper about things, the hushed tones, all of this has passed down because the 90s campaign was successful. And you say, Miki, were you just being like just, you know, overly simplistic in that? But 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 I'm reading the book here, though.
0: Right.
1: I'm telling you, the things that we do and the way that we talk about issues, even how we characterize those issues as being of a sensitive nature. All of that is because we've been jammed. <laughs> it, it's it's because we've been desensitized like we've mm. we've. There, there has been a mental shift that has happened based on a campaign that was co-authored by a psychology expert and a marketing expert, which is a dangerous combination. Right, right. <laughs> Guys, right. I mean, come on. OK, after the ball, page 179, where we talk is critical. We'll discuss specific media tactics shortly. It suffices here to recall that the visual media, television, films, magazines, remember this is written in the 90s, okay, are the most powerful image makers in Western civilization. For example, the average American household... In the average American household, the TV screen radiates its embracing bluish glow for more than 50 hours every week, bringing films, sitcoms, talk shows and news reports right into the living room. These hours are a gateway into the private world of straits, through which a Trojan horse might be passed.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Man.
1: For once, Marshall McLuhan is right. Where desensitization is concerned, the medium is the message. Dot 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 of normalcy. Now, what's going on today is that you don't need the floor models anymore. Like you don't <laughs> you don't need the. You know, yeah. right now you've got the bluish glow or whatever right in the palms of people's hands. Right. So our kids are being bombarded with these messages left and right. Mm -hmm. These things are becoming normal. And we think if they are not talking to us about it, it's because they haven't seen or they don't know. Guys, if that is your position, then that is a losing position. That is a losing position. If you think that your kids are not being bombarded with these messages that are meant to jam, that are meant to confuse them, then that is a losing position that you have taken. Yeah because you are ignoring the fact that your kids and grandkids are desperate for an intervention. They are desperate for help. They are desperate for someone to help them make sense of what they are seeing. Why do we think? Why do we think that when we stand up and say that this is immoral or that this is wicked or that this is child abuse? Why do why do we think step back for a second guys why do we take a second thought like why why do we second guess like whether or not we should say that? because a thorough campaign, a thorough campaign that has been victorious, was initiated in the nineties, and I know, man, look, guys, it to me <clears throat> excuse me, sometimes to me, it sounds like really. If I if I had not been reading the book, right, as we're looking at the issues unfold, I would have thought that's too much credit to give a couple of yahoos who wrote a book like that's too <laughs> much. But everything that they laid out in the book, they even accounted for the homosexuals at the time because remember it, the book was how you're going to get America to overcome its hatred or conquer its fear and hatred of gays in the '90s. So the authors, the co-authors of the book even anticipated some of the pushback from the homosexuals when they were told, listen, the drag queens cannot be pranced out in the front. Mm -hmm. We are trying to make gains here. So I understand I like a good feather boa myself. They write in the book. But for the meantime, we got to keep that under wraps until we shift until the tide changes in America. Specifically, they mentioned the drag queens, people. And now you got drag queens in libraries, drag oh. queens in schools. You got in drag churches. queens in churches.
0: <laughs>
1: Man. We didn't look, we we didn't get here because somebody waved a magic wand. We got here because, as, as Will the Great is often talking about the small foxes, the small just over time just being worn down and and, and people <clears throat> buying into the sentiment. Well, you know I can't say that. I I don't want to I don't want to say that that might be that might be too offensive. Let me open the phone lines. 888-589-8840. 888-589- <clears throat> 8840. You know, I I <clears throat> I have a hard time especially when we talk about uh children because One of the principles in this book, After the Ball, is to paint homosexuals as victims. To paint Mm -hmm. homosexuals as as victims. And even the co-authors kind of bristle. They know that there are going to be some homosexuals who will say, "Uh, we've worked too hard to not be a victim. But but they go in, they're like, look, if you want to make gains, you'll play the victim. It doesn't mean you are a victim. You just got to play the role of a victim is what they say. You know? (laughs) And so I you know and and even thinking about this as it pertains to children i was a little bit conflicted and let me explain to you why you 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 deserve an explanation i was conflicted because the children really are victims because the children we really are tasked with protecting yeah. you understand what i'm saying now the adults who want to prance around as the drag queens the the adults okay who want to identify themselves as non-binary and they're leaning in and all of these things. They've made their choices. They're not victims. Right? They're not victims. But they have won over your silence by pretending to be such. However, the children really are victims. They really are victims of a collective child abuse. Our children go to school they're being victimized. They're being abused by teachers. And no one can say anything. Our children go to school. They are being abused by administrators, abused by principals, abused by counselors. Mm. And no one can say anything because we're like, but we can't, because we, we have shifted in our thinking. We have agreed with people Rather than saying what is right and what is wrong, we are now actually calling right wrong and calling wrong right. Mm. The problem is that while we try to figure out how we can double down in our efforts and and all of these things that we, you know, while we're trying to figure out finding our voice, whatever that means, (laughs) the children are being abused. They're being abused. They got... Poster boards all over the the school. They got it all throughout their textbooks. They've got it all over social media. They've got it on Sesame Street. They've got it in the Disney movies that we just absolutely refuse to give up because it's just Americana. It's just what we do. Disney is as as, as trustworthy as (laughs) a good hot apple pie. (laughs) And in the meantime, we keep losing our kids and we're like, but I don't know why. I don't understand why. 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. Will the Great, where do we go first?
0: All right, let's go to Jerry in Memphis. Hi, Jerry. Hello, Will and Mickey. How are you guys?
1: Hey, brother. God bless you. Great.
2: Hey, thank you for taking my call. Hey, I just wanted to share. So just an observation. So the children of darkness, right? They do, as you have said a couple of times, Mickey. they do an incredibly effective job of managing an evil, satanic, demonic agenda. Yep. They know exactly what they're doing. They measure themselves against their plan. They measure mm-hmm. their progress. They even measure us. They know what we're doing. You talked about them in the schools monitoring the kids, the kids who aren't going along with the program, and they pull yep. them aside just You know, give them more. They're watching, so they're they're measuring everything. They're watching everything. On the other hand, we, the good guys, the children of light, we are doing a pretty poor job of stewarding all the wisdom, weapons, and gifts that God has given us. Mm. We we are really serious about managing two things, maybe a few more. We're we're really serious about managing money and politics Mm. and what the bad guys are doing. We we Mm. do a good job of watching the bad guys, but we're not serious about stewarding prayer disciple making bible study sharing the gospel until we get on top of our game and get the good you know the godly things moving yeah. and managing them well just like we do money in politics i'm afraid we're gonna we should expect to see the same results
1: hmm. we've got
2: to get better they're good at what they're doing why aren't we as good or better at what we're doing
1: yeah you know it's so interesting yeah. that you say that jerry and and my desire is that our motivation would come from our allegiance to God, Amen. that that would be what drives us like. And, and even and I know exactly what you're saying. I agree 100 percent. It's like we're looking at those who are the enemies of God and and rightly identifying them as the opposition. But it's like not even in an attempt to do better than them or match what they're doing. Right. It's, it's like we should do better than them. Not even match. We should do better than them. Mm -hmm. But the aim, the doing better than them should be the result of the aim that is our allegiance and faithfulness to God. Amen. Can you imagine if that were the target that we were shooting for? Our allegiance and faithfulness to God. If that were the target, then we would outdo them. We would outdo them. Because their allegiance and their target is their faithfulness to their leader. Right. Right. So look at the gains that they make because of their faithfulness to their leader. Mm. Will the Great, where do we go next?
0: All right, let's go to Monty in Virginia. Hi, Monty.
3: Hey, real quick, because I see we're running out of time. Have y'all run across the movie that is by Heartland Pictures, and it's called Behold a Pale Horse?
1: No, No. haven't heard of Mm -mm. that.
3: You need to see it. It's General Boykin. He was a, a, a stellar general, Lieutenant Jerry Boykin. He is, you know, was part of the Family Research Council, uh-huh. still is, and yeah. the Bush administration. But try to see it because Charlie Daniels does the music in that, and they have all these people that were in, not, you know, the Nazis, all the European situations, and it is a stellar movie that you will never forget. And, and the Pale Horse, of course, we're referring to how this country is being monopolized by things that are just absolutely not true. Whether it's abortion, whether it's about Children's rights and mutilation, mm-hmm. but you have to see it. It is it's Heartland Pictures, and it's a uh, Behold a Pale Horse. You know General because He was at Hampden yeah. Sydney, mm-hmm. one of the only one of the only two schools that claimed they're all boys. They fired him, and the people that were were either administrative or giving money to that school got so uh, uh, sad that they forced the administration to hire him back, and now he's only a uh, he only comes there as a visiting person. But it's a great movie and it you know a documentary on how we're losing this nation thank you for letting mm. me speak from culpac yeah. virginia M-
1: monty thank you thank so you, much I, I appreciate that i've written that down we'll try to check it out and and and, and look into that thank you so much will the great let's try to squeeze in one or two more calls before we end up
0: the all show right today. let's go to jane hi jane
1: how are you guys how are you doing Good. hello Listen, i
2: just got a quickie here because I think that when parents, they're, they're, one of their greatest jobs is to guide their children. Mm-hmm. And if they don't do that and it, com- and it comes out, which it has in many cases. I've heard some pathetic condi- uh, situations where they've tried to transition back. But if a, a, a child becomes an adult and they've tried to transition back and the, ch- and the parents have not guided them properly, should be able
1: to sue mm. Mm. yeah you know I, I I talked about Jane thank you so thank much you, for that I, I really do appreciate those comments I, I talked about yesterday this uh, five-part series that I was listening to um, that is uh, a journalist journalist investigative reporting um, uh, Brandon Showalter is his name and one of one of his guests and I don't remember the guests name talked about how this all comes to a head And one of the things that he said is that when these kids begin to sue all parties involved and it is no longer the cash cow that it was believed to be, then we will see it come to a head. Mm. And so I I really think you're on to something, Jane. I I think your observations are are, are spot on there. And I, I think that's where we ultimately will go. Yeah. And this Mm -hmm. guest mentioned suing the insurance companies and, excuse me, the hospitals and Mm -hmm. the parents and the teachers and the (laughs) guidance counselors and the mental health professionals all involved, top to bottom. I think that's where we'll see change. All right, we're out of time. Until tomorrow, Lord willing.
0: God bless.